Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. Paul Tizard here, fair flying coach. And today we have Vicky Solis, who's going to join us and tell us all about her fear flying beating story. So welcome, Vicky. So glad to be here and uh, talking to you this morning. So just overwhelmed to be part of this group. It's oh, been... thank you. Well, you've I've enjoyed your journey. I've seen it through the Facebook group, but uh, I love it when people, you know, real people come on and talk about the things that have helped them. In particular, if there is a certain moment or something, one of the podcasts that's something I, I don't know, or maybe stuff you've done. People have always done other things as well, and we we love to hear what yes. works. So tell us. Tell us your fear of flying story or about uh, you or, or anything. Let's start where you uh, are. Uh, fear of flying. I don't, as you say, you know, we don't, we're not born with it. So I don't know where it really came from or how it really started. I did not fly much as a kid. You know, vacation was get in the car and drive a couple of hours and, and go on vacation. So my first flight was a real quick from New York City to Washington, D.C. Mm. when I was in high school to see a college. And I did it by myself. Mom dropped me off. And I, I was probably 17. There's really no fear or I had nothing to be yes. really scared of. But maybe maybe looking back now, maybe it's like, oh, mom threw me on a plane and said, you know, take <laughs> off. We'll see you when you come back. <laughs> I don't know if that started it. And then... Um, after that, I flew again. Then when I was 19, I went to Italy right. again by myself, but not really by myself. My cousin from Italy was here in the States mm. and went back together. And I stayed what wound up being supposed to be two weeks was like three and a half, four months. Oh, and wow. I, yeah, I, I loved it. So I, uh, I then flew back alone. And again, don't have any recollection of fear then, and then traveled very sporadically throughout college, mm. but not often. College after college, maybe one vacation a year down to the Caribbean. So I don't know. I think the first time I realized I didn't love it, I went to London with a friend. Mm. I must have been, I don't know, my 20s. And on the way back, we had sort of a, she was a great flyer. She worked in the travel industry. I mean, flying for her was like walking. And on the way back, she was not feeling well. I don't know if she had the flu or, you know, whatever. And obviously way pre-COVID times, we're talking, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the 90s. Uh, so <laughs> she just sort of, you know, took some NyQuil and passed out on the flight home. And I sort of felt very nervous and alone it maybe was bumpy, but I, I just didn't like it. And then that was that was it. I flew again often after that for work, just like short flights to Texas, mm. again from New York. No real recollection of being afraid until, and this is going to sound weird, but I, I'm a person with anxiety. I have had therapy and I have worked through some of these issues. But when I met my husband... And we started uh, dating and he was traveling a lot for work. I started to panic when he would travel and when he right. would fly. And 
I would just get so nervous. He'd be gone a lot, like two weeks out of a month, or he would be Mm. on five planes a week. And so what we really came up with through, you know, the times and periods where I would be speaking to a therapist is I had this fear of loss, you know, losing something happening to him. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, that's probably BS. You know, I, I, you know, (laughs) that was like mumbo jumbo. And then I guess that was 1999. I had the opportunity to go to Italy again Mm. without him. And I was an absolute basket case on the trip there. Like, is that is that a therapist term? Is it? Yeah, it's Vicky <laughs> therapy. That's my. I was just the. Well, we like we say here a hot mess. You know, I couldn't crying, saying goodbye to him in in, in the street as if you know, like I was going to the gas chamber or something like that. You know, like where was I going that? I was so like distraught saying goodbye. So it sort of just crept up on you, but it built up whilst yeah. they were traveling around and you, you okay, that's, yeah, he was that's interesting, isn't it? I was traveling. And then when we would travel together during those times, I was equally as bad, you know, even mm. though he was right there with me and, and the therapists kept saying, you know, you're happy, you know, you're engaged, you're getting married, you're you're afraid. This is this is a great person in your life. But it just didn't make sense. And so we sort of just stopped. We I stopped flying. Mm. We really didn't have too many trips to take. We went away for our honeymoon and then we went away the next year, which was after 9/11, and that didn't really I mean, it affected me 9-11 when he would travel after that, of course, in terms of security. And mm. I would have all kinds of rituals, as you like to use that word. When he would be at the airport, I'd be like, are you looking around? Does it look safe? As if you could really determine that. But it was just a ritual. So so, so he would be at the airport. You would have the ritual. <laughs> I would be on the phone. On the phone with him, and he'd be like, I have to go. And so it was just sort of a white knuckled experience for me when Mm -hmm. he was, you know, traveling. And then finally, like in 2004, I had my first child in 2003. And in 2004, we had to go to Minneapolis for a wedding. And um, it was, it was a not, I had to go. There was no way that I could not go. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, my son was just a little bit over a year old and he was not coming. He was staying here in the state in in New York with my Mm mother-in-law. And we were all getting on this plane together, me, my husband, my mom. And a few days before the flight, I had to, we had to put our will together for who was his legal guardian. If we, you know, God forbid something happened. So it was all sort hang of. Hang on a bit... second. Hang on. Whoa, 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 Vicky. So you said we had to put our will together. So that was that prompted by the flight, or was that just coincidence at that time? No, I think it was prompted. It was all prompted by me, in terms of you know what if something happens to us. Okay, um, so nice and positive. Yeah, let's do our wills. We're going on the flight. Okay, I hope well, we get I, it. <laughs> we have to. And but I, I'm I laughing we... with you, not at you. You know That's that. Fine. I, I can I can take it because looking back. You will laugh more when you hear the story about that flight. But I think it was more of 
if something happens to us, what happens to mm. what happens to our son? You know, which which he has two sets of parents, which set is going to care for him. And so I think I don't know if it was on the Love Fly podcast or one of the other things that I've listened to throughout this journey that said sometimes these negative experiences cause this fear, whether it's I, I heard someone in, in a group say their grandmother used to say the rosary before they would get on the fear. Or I remember hearing the flight attendants talking about kids that are children of divorced parents, that they're flying back and forth from one parent to the other. So that could all sort of cause this negative mm. feeling around flying. Yeah. So we we go on this flight again. I was a blobbering mess. Talk about it. I love how when you say wobbles, I mean, I was, th there was no way. I mean, they could barely, mm. my husband and my mother could barely keep me. Yeah. Yeah. In, in control. I mean, I was in control, but I was, I was not screaming or anything, but I was just, it was all in here. And I did take a Xanax to calm myself, which was really good for nothing. And I remember, and we're going to have a laugh here. We went through security and there was a man on the line and he had this wooden cutting board under his, under, under his arm. And I was fixated on this. I mean, I, I would I would look at my mom and look at my husband and be like, why does the man have a cutting board? Where's he going? Why don't they make him check this cutting board? There could be something, could be weapons in the cutting board. And I had this, I could write a, like a, a novel on what I was thinking could have been in this cutting board. And I kept saying to my husband, if he's getting on our plane, we're, I'm not going. I don't care. We're not going. Mm. Yeah. And I don't remember if he went on our plane or not. But it didn't end there as we got on the plane. Well, it is suspicious. I mean, he didn't have cheese with him, just no, the board. I mean, no wine and no wine. So, you know, it's clearly a dangerous yeah. situation. The cutting board is it's nice and flat. You can put that right in your, your packed luggage. Yeah, yeah. And you it. could literally just, I don't know I, what. I don't know. But <laughs> Who so knows? We get on the plane. And my mom is walking in front. I'm in the middle and my husband's behind me. And I turn around and I say to him, I can't do it. Mm. And at that moment, he literally grabs me and he's like, if you get off this plane now, everyone on this plane, they're going to ground it. Security's going to come on. They're going to think you're some kind of psycho and, you know, are, are, Put a bomb, God forbid, on here. You'll be in the news. You'll be investigated. FBI, because this was like in the post 9-11 world, mm, right? Like, mm. Get in the seat and sit out. And he just put me in the chair. And then I just sat there, white knuckled. I would have sat there if he said all that to me. God, that's scary. <laughs> he just put me in the seat. And I like white knuckled it. I was, I held on the whole time. I had my rosary in one hand because that's my grandmother's ritual. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of my son. And I cried the entire oh my flight. God. Yeah. The entire flight. It was like two and a half hours. And I, I mean, then let's, I thought, be, let's, let's just pause for a minute. I mean, that's pretty traumatizing in itself, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, was, I'm going to have a sip of my coffee. I don't know if that was better or worse to go towards it or whether, it, I don't know. 
Anyway, well, carry, I on with, carry on with the story. This is, oh, don't let me. At yeah. that point, I hadn't really done any work to get over this fear. And and mm. that, that that was the worst, I think, that it ever was for me prior to that. Yes. And then we, we landed, you know, I got off the plane. You know, we we were only staying like two nights. It was a weekend. But I think the most humiliating part about it was when we got to the wedding, we were seated at this table with friends of, of, you know, my cousin who was getting married. And we all came from either, you know, another place, New York or Connecticut or New Jersey or whatever. And these people started telling the story of this woman on their plane that must have been going to a funeral because she was sitting near them or behind them and she was crying the whole time. And, you know, that was me. But luckily I had had a couple of cocktails and I have a good sense of humor. I'm like, me, I'm that that person, (laughs) I'm that loser or whatever. And you took it very well. I did. Well, the thing was, I think I, you know, subconsciously, I probably, you know, had a couple of too many wines that night because our flight was so early the next day. Mm. And I sort of figured, well, if I'm a little hungover, then it's going to be real easy to get on the plane, right? You know? Okay. I can't see the logic, but carry on. <laughs> well, again, we're not logical when we have this fear, right? Or it's irrational in some way, shape, or form. So we flew out the next day, and I think I was better. Yes. I think I was so tired, right? It was play, mm. had those cocktails, but I knew I was going home, right? I knew yes. I was going to get yeah. home and the flight was very empty. So, I mean, really, really empty. So I remember talking to one of the flight attendants the whole time. She gave me a whole row to myself, I, I think. And my mom had noticed then when we landed, she's like, you know, you're much better if you're talking to somebody or you have some sort of a distraction. Mm. And again, it was so long ago. I don't know what we spoke about. I don't know if I told her I I hate flying or whatever it was, but, and then after that, I said, that's it. I'm not, I'm not doing this ever again. There's no sense in getting myself that be humiliated, have someone think I'm going to a funeral, have Mm. my husband be ready to like, open the door and kick me out at this point you know the moving play like you know I, I think if it would ensure everyone else would be safe you probably would have kicked me out <laughs> um I think your quote is what is it oh no um, I'm gonna get quoted now this is scary in pillar number five you say fear impacted a lot of for a lot of affected a lot of other people in my life because you're high maintenance, probably, and a pain in the arse, as you say. And I de- I will check <laughs> off both of those. I'm going to have to rewrite it. Who would, <laughs> what rude person would write such stuff? <laughs> but I think it's sort of like that tough love. We have to look in the mirror and be like, this is true. I mean, I made a scene that people were talking about me. And, and it, it became sort of like not a joke, but everyone in the family then knew like, I mean, you know, Vicky, Vicky was a mess on the plane or nice supportive. Yes. But yeah, all that. You, you, you got it. <laughs> and so I just then avoided it. It was like, okay. I'm not all- surprised. I mean, this, this is just pause here for a minute. That's a, that's a lot to get past, isn't it? And then you've got all that stuff. 
mean, it would be if you went on a flight and no bugger knew you, you think, all oh, right, well, so I wasn't my best performance today, but Sodom. But then you go to a wedding and they're talking about you, some poor woman that was going to a funeral. So that's a lot to get past. <laughs> Maybe I need therapy for that, but no. You I'm probably joking. do. And also being under seat arrest from your yeah. partner. <laughs> yeah, he, he was not. He, he, wow. He, and so then that was it. It it was just like so we're this not... was two thousand and four. Two thousand and four, right? That right, was okay. two thousand and four. Brilliant. And, okay, uh, so this is nice. So this is chapter one. Okay, so this was mm-hmm. this was then, and then yeah. so I'm dying to hear how you, how you got to where you are now. So carry on. I'll um, shut up. So I no no no. You don't have to shut up. I love hearing you talk. Um, so I guess really there was never my husband traveled always for work. And as those years between then and now, I got better with it. I no longer cried every time he went out the door. Yes. Um, I got used to it. And again, I was home taking care of two little kids. So my mind was distracted. Mm. But every time, you know, we had the opportunity to come down to Florida, um, which we live here now, but prior to living here, to go to Disney or to go visit my parents in South Carolina, I was like, we're not flying. We got two kids. It's a pain. You have to take strollers and nah, let's just drive. It's not a bad drive. And so we did. And how far is it to drive just out of interest? Well, to drive to where my parents were in South Carolina, it was like 12, 12 hours without traffic. And that's never happened. So this I mean, is just blows my mind. You know what I mean? In 12 hours, you can do Britain twice, I think. <laughs> I, I just I, I just can't get my head around that. Anyway, and, and Florida to drive to Walt Disney World is, you know, it's it's twenty four. And you, you, some people drive it; they drive overnight. We would never do that with kids, so we would drive halfway. And and the kids kind of got used to it, but as they got older, they're like, "We hate driving. We hate driving. Can we fly?" And so over the years, I would try and work on it. Like when I would, my anxiety would peak, my general anxiety, and I would be with a uh, with a therapist. It would always somehow come up because it's about control, right? And so when you have anxiety, you want to be in control of the of everything. And I could never get that through, you know, my thick head. And then about, I mean, maybe it was like seven years ago, I I started. Uh, with with a therapist that I like very much. And I said, you know, one of my goals is to, it was a, at a turning point, my son was going to be getting ready to start applying to college and leaving. And I was having issue with that. But I wanted to get over my fear of flying and my fear of elevators, which is another one that I had. So he said, he's like, okay, listen, we're going to do baby steps. We don't have access to a plane today. But there's an elevator in this building and you come and see me once a week. We'll start there. And so we did start there. I got more comfortable, you know, with the elevator and, you know, knowing that, you know, okay, it's an elevator. And he would say, you have, you have your space to breathe. You're fine. There's a call box, you know, elevators. Vicky, sorry to interrupt. So I was just, I'm curious so do you see that the two were linked? I mean, often people tell me that they don't like elevators as, and they don't like being a passenger in the car and all that I stuff. So for you, it was definitely linked. I, I think it was. And I, 
Like, I think now this is sort of like an all over the place in your brain when you start thinking about it, especially in terms of this flight that I just recently took. I was so sure that I was claustrophobic, right? I, I really right. had that in my head because that would explain sort of the elevator situation. I definitely don't like crowded elevators. I'm okay in an elevator. I worked for years in New York City on the 37th floor of a building, okay? So it did, that never even dawned on me. Got in, that was the top floor. So you had to make, it, you know, it, mm. some days you were stopping on a bunch of different floors. So two, I don't know where that came from or how that really started. Other than when you move out of the city lifestyle, you kind of get away from yes. elevators. So, or or probably I saw some ridiculous news story about some elevator and that's all it takes. One little Maybe. Yeah, elevator attack or a movie about an elevator, whatever. Um, so I really worked on that. And then we, we never got to the plane thing for whatever reason, you know, life changes, you know, we, I stopped seeing him for, for a while and then life got busy and then mm. the anxiety kind of subsided. So you don't think you need to work on your fear of flying. I, I was giving up things. I was, my kids were getting older and they were getting sick of driving in the car. I was giving up a lot of time doing these car trips. I wasn't going to see places that maybe I wanted Yes. to go to or girls weekends or, and I would make excuses because I just didn't want to say I'm afraid to fly. Mm. Why not? Uh, why not? Mm. Uh, well, I think most people that know me and know me well, know I had, no, I had a fear of flying. You know, I didn't, I didn't make it a secret, but new people, you don't just want to say, Oh yeah, I, don't, I haven't flown in yes. 18 years. Hi, like, hey. I'm Vicky. I'm a nervous flyer. He's <laughs> on my business card and everything. But then in this group, you feel like you're not a weirdo and you're not alone. And yeah. hey, maybe there's more people like me mm -hmm. than than there aren't. So we're um, all weird. Uh, we yeah. all have to be we are all weird, aren't we? In our own little funny ways. Well, <laughs> that we have to be because that's the only way to really you have to can't take things too seriously. No. So now, you know, fast forward to uh, like 20, well, then obviously I was getting ready to do it. I had said after the pandemic, right, being locked down, that's mm. when really the brain started to, you know. Uh, yeah. So I was going to ask you what was that? So that was your turning point, was it? The, the I, moment of enough's I think enough? It was turning point during the pandemic, like, oh my God, we've been locked down for two years. We haven't gone, life is short. We, mm. I got to make up for lost time, right? So before the pandemic, I had actually started saying, I think, you know, like in 2019, I think I want to go somewhere, whether it was just to Florida, a short flight, just to sort of mm. get my feet wet again and see. Yeah. And then the pandemic happened. So obviously no one went anywhere and, I was like, I'm not, there's no way I'm not flying. I'm not going to fly with a mat. Like, again, you have a person with a fear of flying. Now we're going to have them go through a million, you know, red tape, steps, tests, this and that. God forbid you get stuck. You can't get back. Mm. I said, no, we'll just wait till yeah. it's done. Oh, that was a good move, I think. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't really know too many people that flew during covid but those that did were like it's a hassle forget it was it. a pain in the butt masks uh, 
pre-checks, countries changing status when you were there, nightmare. Well, and it was, I mean, even without flying at the very beginning, when we tried to visit my folks down in South Carolina, they were like, you need to check in at the state board. I'm like, oh, forget this. I mean, this is just going to be crazy. So right after COVID, we moved from Connecticut to Florida. And so that was like June, July of 2021. And my husband kept his job because he was remote, but he goes back and forth, you know, once a month. So again, more flying, flying was in my life now more than ever. And I started to really meet a lot of people here where I live now. And everyone was always fun. Oh yeah, I'm going up to New York for the weekend. Oh yeah, I'm going to see my folks in Minnesota. Does does everybody fly? Like everyone is going somewhere all the time. They're either Mm -hmm. flying for work. So it started to become more familiar to me, even though I wasn't yet ready to do it, but everyone was doing it. Every single person, people in that, that are here, we call them the snowbirds, the ones that are here for just the winter month. They're back and forth. They're like, oh yeah, we're going home to see the grandchildren this weekend. And like, I started to think to myself, okay, I'm the odd man out here, right? Everyone else is doing this. Hmm. I have to get to a point where I could do it. But still, I wasn't there yet. I had no active trip to be booked. But in the back of my head, I knew that my cousin, who is very special to me, she was engaged and her wedding was coming up, as was her bridal shower. And there was absolutely no way I was going to miss these events. Like, I, I don't care if I had, if I couldn't get on the plane and I had to drive myself, it, it, w- it was a non-issue. Yeah. But so I really- there, So there was a really strong imperative there, wasn't there, by the sound of it? Right. But yeah. I kept putting it out of my head. Like, I got the shower invitation, you know, maybe I got it in beginning of November and the shower. Mm. I'm like, okay, I'll just put it on the desk. Like, what am I going to do? And I tried to start thinking about what, how I was going to do. And at that point I had said to my husband, I go, maybe we need to take a test flight. Let's take a test flight. Like, let's just fly up to Georgia. And we couldn't, he was okay with that, but then we couldn't make it work just with timing and work Mm. schedule. And he started to say, Hey, I think your test flight is going to be your flight up to New York. I'm like, no, I have to go before. And I still hadn't booked a flight. We were now in the beginning of November. Okay, so just pause a second. This is great stuff, by the way. What were you doing to help prepare yourself? No, nothing. Nothing. So you just, it's all all but all your own motivation and desire. Yeah, Yeah. okay, good. And, And it's building, but I knew in the back of my head two things. I knew that booking a ticket was in my future. And I was still kind of scared, even though I was being like chill about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because basically (laughs) I knew that I had to do it no matter Mm -hmm. how much I was going to hate it. There was, it was a, it was a non-issue. I had to go. Wow. So beginning of November, I was still sort of like, okay, how am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm like looking up things and well, I actually went back to something I saw. So I, I think I probably found Love Fly maybe the second week of November. And I found the podcast first because mm-hmm. 
in one of my sleepless nights, I must have gotten up and I'm like, maybe there's, I listen to like sleep meditation podcasts. I'm like, maybe there's a podcast about fear of flying. So I, in the search, I type in fear of flying and love fly comes up. And I thought the logo was so cute. I'm like, what a cute, let me see what this is all about. And then there's your little face in the in the picture and you're smiling. And I'm like, oh, he looks so nice. Let me read this. How <laughs> misleading. Oh no. And I, I started scrolling and I think it must have been like two, two o'clock in the morning. And here I am, like on the couch, like re- reading through. And I didn't start in any particular way, but the one, the first one that I listened to was Gina's episode. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know why, because I think it said inspiring story of how someone, Gina, gets over 22 years, you know. Mm. That was a great story. And I kid you not, I was in tears at Mm. two o'clock in in the morning listening to Gina's entire podcast. And I listened to it repeatedly because she says things that, and I'm going to get emotional now because- Mm. It really was, I was, I could feel her. She was a mom. And she says, her quote is, if I didn't at 52 years old, take control of my life, I was going to miss out on so much. And I was already thinking it because my 50th birthday was looming. And I'm like, all right, Vicky, you need to put your big girl panties on and get over this stuff (laughs) because life is passing you by. Um, And everything she said, like living in the what ifs and always on the negative. And I I was like, this is, this is me. Like Mm. she is me. And of course, from one mother to another, to hear her talk about not being able to see her son in the States between COVID and her fear of flying and all she wanted to do was hug him. I just was literally crying like a baby with her story. And at that point, I was like, that's it. I'm hooked. If this woman can do it, I can do it. And then mm-hmm. I just started to, I would pick the people. Like I listened to Gita and Jamie and Debbie. And those stories were really what got me because they were people like me. And, and that was the first the first foray into it. Then I joined the, the group and I started reading comments and and making my own comments to people and hearing and seeing their pictures. And there was just something about being part of a group where there was so much camaraderie and support, no one judging you. It's amazing, Um, isn't it? it? Unbelievable, because it wasn't it was different than just taking like I've done those other fear of flying things like um courses I don't even remember and it was just straight out lessons and sometimes lessons are not the ones that a teacher teaches you lessons are ones that you get from your peers or other people that's Mm -hmm. the way I feel like I learn best but then I started to really notice some other like the things that we all had in common the bing bongs I'm like oh my god I'm not the only one that thinks that's code for Everyone buckle up for shit. Them. We're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and and I started to, and I was just telling my husband today, I would every night put a podcast on in any I would just pick one and I would mm. fall asleep with it on. 
but I somehow think it, it absorbs, right? Mm -hmm. I don't remember every single one, but of course, you know, then I downloaded your book. I read your book and I appreciate the humor in the book because it's a little bit tough love. And I personally need a little bit of like a good kick in the butt to get me, you know, <laughs> going. And then, you know, other people's tips, like Gita talked about visualizing, right? And desensitizing and watching. And I started mm. to do that. I would watch flights. I started to follow people on TikTok, captains, flight attendants, looked at airplanes. And then it came time to book my ticket, which was, a, I was like, no, I was all stressed out. So I booked the ticket. Okay. And- so how long were you doing that? So you said you found it about the second week in November and then you were I booked it like the first week of December. So oh, right. I okay, wow. Really you binged. <laughs> I did a lot of work. I um I started to whether I was subconsciously hearing or absorbing everything I was reading, I started to like look around at my environment. I was mm. realizing how many car accidents I was seeing on a daily basis. Yeah. I was thinking about all the other things that we do truly every day that are far more dangerous. I started looking at the flight flight, flight radar 24 yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh my God, right? Like, nope, they're all right over there. And the more I learned about flying, whether it was, oh my God, I have notes, the trusting of the pilots and the pilot training. That was huge for me. Because what I think, going back to your initial, in your book, we're not born with this fear. We're also not educated on a regular basis about aviation and and, and modern flying and engineering of, of airplanes and aircraft. And I definitely know way more now than I ever knew even before I was ever scared to fly that my husband even said, he's like, you know more than me now. And he's a flyer. He gets on the plane, no seatbelt, nothing bothers him. Mm-hmm. So knowledge is power. And the more I could take in from what I was reading in the group and learning from you and the guests you have on, the better I was becoming with being like, okay, okay. So, all right. The, the jello thing, you know, okay. I had heard that before too. That wasn't the first time. But I was in a different mindset now. So everything was sort of sticking in my brain. And so once I booked this flight, then what I was struggling with was, would I really get on the plane? Like, I didn't know if I could. I knew I had to. Mm. And I knew, like, I could see myself at the airport. I could see myself on the plane. I could see myself hugging all my friends and my family but I could not see myself walking down that jetway. That's where I thought Hmm. it was going to go south. Like I was going to have to like make a U-turn. I just couldn't visualize that in my head. I could see everything. And that was really bothering me. Like, why can't I, what is it about that jetway that Hmm. is making me feel like I'm not going to be able to do this. But then I put it out of my head and said, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this, talking to the, talking to the group. They're going to get me through. We're all watching each other and they're watching me. So nobody, nobody, I have to do this. I can't let them down. I felt like a team. So it was just a lot of self 
I don't know, self-discovery maybe and thinking about where was I in my life now? I had to do this not only for my family, but for me, most importantly. I wanted to do it. I knew I could do it. And I knew that with the support of, you know, my my friends and the people I know, plus all of you, that I was going to be able to do it without a question. And then as I was following everyone's journey and I was seeing them come back and doing it, I'm like, okay, you know what? This is a snap. It's a quick flight. You're not going to have any problems. Just, just do it. I also should probably say, I have to rewind a minute and I'm sorry if it's sort of all over the place. There's a lot up there, but over the summer, my younger son wanted to go visit friends up in back in Connecticut one with his dad like my husband I said goes back to for work mm. once a month so I was I said fine you you can go and I had no issue with that like I didn't even fret I knew he was with my husband I knew they were my husband does the flight all the time he wasn't alone I knew he had no fear and I I felt like I thought I'd be nervous the whole time like watching the app, like, okay, are they there yet? But I was so busy with work. I, he called, he's like, oh, mom, we landed. Flight was great. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So that was also, I think, a big um, push for me that mm-hmm. I was okay Yeah. letting my, well, I never wanted to give my kids the fear. So I was like, okay, the time's going to come that I'm going to have to just let them go. So at that point, he when he returned, he said, I can't believe you made us drive all those years every time we went to Florida. Mom. I mean, it, I'm never driving again. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, then I really need to. That is funny. I really need to get over this. So, um, yeah. So but December, we hadn't driven. We wouldn't have seen all those amazing views. Do you do oh, any of that? Clearly, you've never driven the East Coast of the United States of America. It's no. really. It's really not that scenic. Oh, a lot of traffic. You're not you're not doing a great uh, great tourist job there. Well, listen, they can they can fly to the East Coast. There's some beautiful places, but the the interstate just goes through the cities and the towns that you know really are in the middle of sort of nowhere. But uh, so we, I spent December just again taking in everything I could take in prepping myself for the steps of the flight, downloading my podcast, just really getting sort of trying to get myself psyched up for mm. who I was going to see that end point, who I was going to hug, what I was going to be doing, what I was going to be wearing and how proud I was going to feel when I did it. So th- then we had a little hiccup. We had to change the flights because my husband and son decided to fly up with me because we wound up being a long weekend and there was work stuff. So I was a little secretly excited about the fact that I'd have some company because going alone was still sort of scary, but I was going to do it either way. Yeah. And we booked the tickets, everyone booked the tickets. And I guess as we, I want to just see if I have any other note here to tell you. As we got to the day of the flight, I wanted to, I, I set a, a bucket list for myself. My first number one thing I wanted to accomplish was 
being as stress-free as I possibly could. Number two was to do all the things I never used to do. Eat in the morning, drink enough water, maybe have a sip of coffee, you know, all the things that I would never do. I would never mm. eat. Mm. My stomach would be in knots. I'd have to take like yeah, some, yeah. you know, anti-nausea med. So, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to run to the bathroom. Forget about coffee. I would be, no way. It's going to give me palpitations. I don't need that. And so I would just pretty much be like, get, you know, a, a robot getting on the, uh, getting on mm. the plane. I wanted to not be an annoying high maintenance, you know, passenger to my husband and my reach bucket list item was, I want to be able to use the restroom on the, on the plane. And I didn't have any intention of tackling that this time that to me, that's like, that's advanced. That's like flying 2.0. And I was on a 1.0 course level. So the morning of the flight, and I was shocked that that whole week leading up to it, it didn't even phase me. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm packing. I was not, maybe I had like a little here and there, but I let it, mm. I let it go. I kept keeping my eye on the prize. Like, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to see everyone. I'm so excited to see everyone. So the morning came, I slept the night before. Also never happened. Like, who are you? Yes. Like, what is that? I barely ever sleep. <laughs> Got up that morning, took time getting ready. Like normally I would just go on as a disaster because I was so nervous, hair in a ponytail, no makeup, just, just full on grunge, get on the plane. Right. Because if, if it's all going to end, am I going to be looking great? Why would I do this? <laughs> I ate breakfast. I had a few sips of coffee. We got in the car to go. Nothing. I was, I was on my phone in the car. And again, like in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to the airport. Not a big deal. Nothing. Get to the airport and my son and my husband, they were sort of, a little negative. They're like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna lose it in security. So I'm like, you know what? Stop being mean to me because mm. I'm not gonna lose it in security. I'm gonna be fine. We get through security with no problems. I didn't lose it, as they said. We get to the airport, and again, like can't even believe this. We got egg sandwiches. I'm like, me eating an egg sandwich at the airport. <laughs> I don't eat. So we, we got the sandwiches. We sat down. And I have to just say the airport here is so lovely. It's a smaller airport. It's new. It's clean. It's not. So it was very calming. You know, it's not like, you know, you go in these huge airports. You don't know which way you're going. So that kind of settled me a little bit. Everyone seemed to know what they were doing because I always have trust issues. So that made me feel better. And then it, we, we were sitting there waiting, you know, to be called. And we realized that I was in a different boarding group than they were. I was in the first boarding group or, you know, the second after like the rich folks get on the first class, you know? So I said to my husband, I don't, Maybe I'll just wait for you. And then I said, no, you know what? Let me go. Because my issue was that 
Jetway. And if I was with them, maybe I wouldn't have had the same experience. So I'll just go in the first boarding. So they called us, picked up my stuff. I got on the line and I started walking and I looked back and I waved at, you know, my guys. And I walked onto the jetway and it was like, it was a little congested. Yeah. And it wasn't very long. And I'm like, okay, I remember what this is like. Yeah, it's nothing's changed, right? It's the same feeling. And I left actually when I got to the, like I was, I could see the door, but I flew on JetBlue Airways. So I don't Mm. know what you know about JetBlue or I think they're just now coming into Europe, but they name all their planes and they're kind of funny names. And the name of this plane And you might not think this is funny if you've never watched the Sopranos show was bada bing, bada bang. And I thought it was brilliant. (laughs) It was beginning on the Tony Soprano special. So I get on the plane and, you know, I said good morning to the flight attendants. And I didn't even say like in my head, I was like, Maybe I'll tell them, Mm. maybe I won't tell them, but I felt like I got this. I don't need to tell them. Maybe there's someone on that needs their attention more, right? So I got in my seat. I had a window. My son and husband came on, you know, shortly after. Again, Paul, I kid you not put my bag up. I got in the seat like a regular person, you know, sat there. Uh, I'm just looking around and, you know, I had my checklist out. I had my checklist and a pen so I could check it off. I I set it up in the, you know, in the seat back. And, uh, you know, obviously now the the flight starts. So, you know, you you start hearing the things, nothing. I'm like, oh, oh, that's this. Okay, I'll check this off. Oh, oh, we're backing up now. We're backing up. They're doing their security. And... I know that you and I talked once in the group about doing stand-up comedy. And so I always found the safety talk comical, even years ago. I'm like, is anyone paying attention to this? Because what are the odds that I'm going to remember what they're saying exactly. in, in an emergency situation? I'll be like, excuse me, what did I miss? So <laughs> I sort of tune that out because I think it frightens me a little bit. So I use humor to diffuse that. So now we're, we're next. The captain comes on. He's like, we're next in line for takeoff. And that's it. You know, I remembered it. It like, it, it was nothing changed. Obviously Mm. the plane was different. The year was different, but the, you know, the takeoff, the feeling, the noise, but the main thing that changed is I knew what everything was and my mind was okay with it because I knew that it was okay. And that, oh, this is normal. Oh, oh, we're feeling, we're turning. And all of that, even before the bad flight where people thought I was going to a funeral, I never really knew when anything was. Yes, so yes. not liking those sensations and those feelings is really hard to, it's easy to think something's wrong if you don't know what a noise is. And so, you know, we did fine. I did hold on to my husband during, you know, the ascent, because again, I think I was just like, you know, it's sort of shocking. Here I am doing this. I'm okay doing this. And, and the whole, the big picture here is 
now we're three of us on this plane, but my older son is not with us. And he was the one that I didn't want to leave Yes, all those years ago. So for me, it was a complete, like the emotion was so much. Like I, I did this and I know it's maybe not a big deal. People are like, oh, it's only a short flight. It's only two hours, but it is a big deal. Because it's a huge deal. It was more of a, a mental release for me, an mm. emotional release that I, I, I did this. I did it for myself. I did it for my family. And I was okay with it. And I, I was checking off all my bucket list things. I had a cup of coffee on the plane, a half a cup. And then sure enough, I'm watching the plane, the, the timer, and we have like an hour until landing. And I feel like I might need to use the restroom. And I'm like, no, Vicky, you don't. Put it out of your head. You're not going. But You're not. That was flight 2.0, but you right. it. <laughs> well, but so at this point, I'm like, I think I better. Because what if like, what if we get delayed on landing? I yeah. can't hold it. So I start like assessing the situation. And I'm like, so I'm looking up, I'm looking forward. And the, the guy behind me, he was standing. He had stood up to stretch his legs. He's like, that bathroom is free. The one in the back. And I was like in row 12, because again, old habits die hard. You know, I had to sit on the wing so I could make sure everything was going properly. And of I course, could, yeah. Well, some, think, someone's got to watch the wing, haven't they? I mean, if, if you're I, not doing it, who's going to do it? I could somehow send some kind of mental telepathic message to the pilots that yeah. something's wrong. Yeah. Engine, they, engine number one's fine. Let the pilot know. No, if that's two or one, I have no idea. So I look at my husband, I'm like, I, I got to get up. He's like, you're kidding. So I go, okay, so they, him and my son take their belts off and they like move so that I can get out and I go. And at this point, the plane does a little bit of, you know, mm. and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm not going to go. And he's like, no, 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 no. Our seatbelts are off. Get up now and go. So I'm like, okay. So I get up. And I start walking towards the lavatory in the back and the this little sweet old lady gets up before me and I'm like, oh, now I got to wait. What a bitch, hey? Right. She's coming in. <laughs> and, you know, in Florida, we do have quite a few seniors. And so she, she was, you know, pushing up on the 80s. And I thought, she'll be in here forever. I got to, I got to really, I'm not waiting. So I look to the front of the plane and there's no line. So now I do this like jog, I'll call it a jog, because I'm going to speed walk. <laughs> and as I pass, I hear my son say, what is mom doing? Like, I must have <laughs> looked like a complete weirdo. <laughs> I get to the front of the plane and there's one, the one flight attendant is sitting in the jump seat with her legs up on the, like on the other wall, reading her book as if she's just, you know, this is just another day at work for her. And I'm mm. like, what am I afraid of? And the other flight attendant comes out of the, of the lavatory. So I say to her, I gotta be honest. I really, I really am nervous. I'll get stuck in there. So could you just keep your eye out? And she's like, don't worry, sister, we got ways to get you out. And I was like, oh, God, what does that mean? But 
I did it, except for the fact that I was in there for a really long time and I was getting angry with my body. I'm like, Come on, I gotta get out. Yeah. Often. So um I go back and by that time, like the, my husband and son, they all they took my window seat. Everyone, you know, moved down. So I'm like, okay, I'll I'll try a different perspective. And uh Landing wasn't super because it was lousy weather and so cloudy. But again, uncomfortable, not dangerous, uncomfortable, not dangerous. And I'm like, we're almost down. So it was uneventful. And I did it. And I I didn't even celebrate it. And it, it took a couple of days to sort of hit me that I really, really did it. I think what did it was when I got to my cousin's, you know, to her shower, she knew, you know, and, and, and just the hug and the moment and how she appreciated that I did that really was, was just so much for me. You know, I, I felt like I did it. I did it for her and she was what put the fire under me to get it going. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the flight back, <clears throat> that was when I, I had my real, I feel like I'm talking too much. This is really a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, um, it was just my son and I at six o'clock in the morning and, you know, no sooner do we take off now, just a little note. My, my best friend used to always say to me, if you fly with your kids when they're little, you won't be afraid because you, you can't worry. You have to attend to them. They'll need a cookie. They'll need crayons. They'll need something to do. You don't even, you don't even have time. Like, no, I'm not. She used to fly all the time with her children alone. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. I'm, I'm you're brave. I'm not doing that. You thanks, but no thanks. So here we are. And my son is like a man. He's 16. He's big, big guy. And we take off and, uh, He's in the middle seat and I look over and he's like, what? He's like a sheet of white paper. And I'm like, Noah, what's wrong? And he's like, I don't feel good. I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. So I'm like, what, what, what you know, and now I, I, I go into like, what's, what's hurt you? Mm. What's bothering you? Mm. And mm. I just feel he was very congested already. He's like, I just feel like my head hurts, my ears hurt. He was very hot. I go, are you going to throw up? Because, oh God, that would be horrible. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And we had Wi-Fi on the plane. So I'm texting my husband and he's like, what do you want me to do? You're, you know, 34 there. I can't really help you. <laughs> I, I kept, my son was being stubborn. I'm like, why don't you take, take the sweatshirt off? Like, let's get you more comfortable. Mm get a drink that they're coming around with service now. No, I don't want to drink. So I asked the flight attendant to give me, you know, two cups of ice, two Pepsis. I made him take the Pepsi can and, you know, cool himself off. And it passed a little bit. And, but I was so fixated, Paul, on my son. I literally put my phone away. I put my book away and all I did the entire flight was like, watch him. I'm like, are you all right? I'm fixing him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like an hour into the flight, maybe an hour and 10 minutes, he goes, I think I want to get up and go to the bathroom. And I said, all right, well, I here I go. I have to go too now. We'll both get up. So 
So we asked the gentleman in the aisle seat who he was sitting with his whole family. They were across the, the aisle. We all kind of got up at the same time and we had struck up conversation. He was a nice guy. He had two little kids. And so my son gets up to, to go to the bathroom and uh, I try to now get out of the, the aisle and we all had our tray tables down, me, my son, and the guy. Mm. I knocked over everyone's beverage, coffee, soda, water, everywhere. So now of course. Like, oh yes. uh, everything's all over. The seats, the floors, bags are on the floor. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And the gentleman really couldn't help me because he was attending to his two, like, toddlers. So I'm like, I got it. So I go to get out of the seat, and my foot now gets stuck in someone's bag and I completely fall and I'm now on the floor of the airplane, like just not like this, like looking up and I'm, I can't get my foot out and I'm kicking and I'm like, Ch-. so my son comes back. He's like, what are you doing on the floor? I'm like, my foot he gets me out. And he's like, what happened? Oh, what's going to this? I'm going to clean it up. So I quickly run. We were like now in row, I think 22 to the back. And the flight attendant back there, he was making his announcements about the JetBlue credit card. And he was going on and on. And I'm like, doing sign language, like napkin, whatever. And so he's like on the PA. He's opening. (laughs) I get the napkins and I go back to the the seat. Oh, my God. I'm cleaning the floor on my, I'm literally on my hands and knees, picking up the gentleman's bags. I was like, did I ruin your technology? I literally, took, and at that point, I still hadn't used the lavatory. So now I had to go to the lavatory, wash my hands. I was like, you know, doing cabin service for the back half. <laughs> so I sit down and Noah's like, mom, you realize like 20, that was like 25 minutes. You were without your seatbelt on. I was up, I was out, I was cleaning the <laughs> so I sit back down and I'm like I just need to relax for 10 minutes and I look at the clock and we're like preparing to you know for landing I go I I gotta get off now I didn't even I thought I was gonna relax and it wound up being like a working flight I I didn't pay for that oh man then as we were landing then his ears got really really bad he was in I don't know how he didn't really cry but I just focused on him and he was like your distraction totally. your, your job totally totally and so you know I got off the plane and I was like no worse for wear I'm like yeah that was so easy actually the flight back home was better than the flight going even though you know I had to deal with mom anxiety I had no time to deal with the airplane like my kid was not feeling good so yeah, yeah. so um, are you recommending that people take a sick child with them if they yeah, want to go for the <laughs> wait for them to be sick then book your flights yeah but don't do it during covid because people will think that you know you're spreading germs yeah, and yeah. they'll get so, nasty with so you. you need to pick the right moment i understand oh my <laughs> god it's been an hour vicky well it was we need um, to wrap up the hour is the sweet spot Got I love that story. That was just, I reckon, another hour. We need to rebook another no. another hour. Right, so tell me, 
So what have you learned from all of that in terms of like, you think that what's the sort of the wisdom that you can share with others? The wisdom is that we can only be afraid of things that we don't know. We can learn so much. If, if we want to do this, we have to learn. And knowledge is the power. So once you have the knowledge and the toolbox, the checklist, the support of the group, maybe mm. a buddy in the group, you can really do this. I, I mean, I don't know how I'll feel on a seven hour flight. It might be a little bit harder for me, but I look forward to doing it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay, you know, on the ground forever anymore. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things I want to try. I want to get on one of those giant planes. I want to, you know, go see all these places that I've missed out on all these years. And so I say that this group is better than definitely anything I have ever done, paid for therapy, fear of flying courses. It's just brilliant what you've done. And the people in the community, it's like family. I, I can't recommend it enough. Wow. And I, I feel so grateful for finding it. What can we say to that? That is just amazing. I mean, your story is brilliant. I, I love that. I mean, it's a shame that people won't get to see it. They just get to hear it and have to use, I'll have to imagine you doing all this stuff. <laughs> that was so funny. And I remember your post in the group about, you know, the worst thing I have to worry about is like clearing up the floor. Uh, yeah. I, I remember seeing that one. Uh, so if you want to search for that in the face, Love Fly Facebook group, there's uh, some of Vicky's posts in there. And there's lots of pictures and stuff. And I think there was one with happy tears, if I remember rightly. Yes. That yes. Good. Yeah. So you've, I mean, your journey, excuse the pun, has been phenomenal. Oh, I mean, thanks. just phenomenal. And I can't believe what you've achieved. It's just outstanding. Uh, I can't believe it sometimes either. But when you put your mind to it, you know, it's sort of like a, it's a model for life, right? I, I wanted to do it and um, failure was not an option for me here on this, I feel at this point in my life. And like Gina said, you know, we're getting older and we have to take control now because, so Gina really, you know, I don't know if she's active in the group anymore, but she really, her podcast was really what did it for me. Amazing. So Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Sorry. Vicky but... Solis, that was awesome. And, I'm, you know, I, if I had a bit longer, I would do, because I think your stories and storytelling is brilliant. You really bring it to life. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, we want you to come back. Go and do one of those, if you could, on the big aircraft, okay? Those big okay. jets. Go and do a longer flight. Come back okay. and tell us how you get on with that. Okay. And, uh, you'll, and you'll, you'll have to hear how I how I get to that point. I'll have to yeah. pick it and there's much more floor to clean up as well should you yes yes absolutely <laughs> oh amazing well, thank you for educating me and helping me get through this no, well you did the work you know the stuff i mean the guests give their time and their knowledge like you've done you're part of that story now and so this will be helping other people as well so i hope so i hope so thank Thanks you so much paul have a wonderful day
Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. And if you want to find out about more that we do, please go to our website, lovefly.co.uk, and you'll see a list of other options available to you should you need them. Thanks for listening.